Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle instead of Podbean, but still on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button to get all of our content. For more content, check out FiveReasonsSports.com. New column by Craig Davis about the Dolphins. Make sure you check that one out. We do not have a paywall. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. No Greg today, so I'll take care of this. Water cleanup of Florida. That's Water Cleanup of Florida, based in Boca Raton. Reach out to Michael Robert and the team, 954-579-0356. They can take care of your, your mold problems, your water leaks, all that kind of stuff, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. So reach out to them, again, fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. 954-579-0356. That's 954-579-0356. Or check out the website at WCU. That's WCUFL.com. And now, today's episode. Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. We're running a two-man game today. It's just me and Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. The Miami Heat coming off a win in Indiana to start a four-game road trip. We already know as we're recording this, Jimmy Butler will not play on the second leg of this trip against Oklahoma City. We almost have to be prepared for the fact that Jimmy's not going to play back-to-back games, even if they're not back-to-back games at this stage, that they're going to be monitoring his back, his knee, and all of his other ailments to get him through the season. It's tough to build momentum this way, but it does provide another opportunity for Victor Oladipo to get the ball in his hands, to get more touches. And so we're just going to focus on Vic today. And the reason I wanted to do this with Alex is, first thing, he was the one guy not on the post game. And we talked about this, you know, in after the Indiana game. But also, you have been kind of, I would say, of our group, the most optimistic about Vic, or, or I maybe not to put it that way, not about his health, but more so, you've seen more possibilities, I think, than the others of us in the group have seen. And I do think, as we've seen him now play four games, and he just came off what Eric Spolcher called his strongest game. It's worth evaluating a what the upside is with this particular group and also whether or not he may have more value to the heat in a trade than he would on the roster, the rest of this way. So let's just start here, Alex. How do you think he's played so far? I mean, I think he's been okay. Um, I think it's tough to judge him after a few games, but I think he's shown things that you want him to do. And, you know, I definitely was a Victor Oladipo, uh, Oladipo guy. And that was literally two seasons ago. Like he's just been on the roster for so long. And it feels like every season we've done podcasts about what he could or, you know, (laughs) cannot be for the heat and everything sounds like it's in theory. And all we've gotten really to see is the majority of his 
uh, playing time in the playoffs. So I think it was a little bit tough to judge, you know, a guy coming back from not playing for so long to then going straight into the playoffs, playing in high stakes basketball. You know, we saw what he did against those um, Celtics guys. So you, you see the, the value there and we know what he can bring defensively. I think you got to worry about whether or not he can still get to the rim, uh, you know, consistently, because that was kind of what he was brought here to do. And I like that he feels confident in his jump shot. I don't think he's a bad shooter, but that was kind of the main thing, the main reason, right, um, that they brought him here. And, you know, just so far through these four games, his attempts per 75 minutes at the rim are down uh, about half of what they were last season. And again, um, that's kind of also hard to count, right, because this is looking at regular season stuff. So that was a very short sample we saw of him in the regular season, but even that of, of that Victor Oladipo we saw at the end of the regular season, he is getting to the rim at half the rate that that Victor Oladipo was, right? So just to put that into context, it's obviously very early so far. I think he's shooting decently. I just need to see him get to the rim more and finish at the rim because I think that's kind of what he's about. But I have liked his floor game. Like I think um, just from the eye test, it looks like when he's out there, he's a little bit more patient as a playmaker. He's not very rushed. So I like that part about it. I don't think he looks slow. Um, I, I think this is all going to be stuff that's going to take a little bit of a while for him because I don't think he's set up for that, you know, six man role that maybe we imagined he could be. I just think they need him to be a steady, positive, useful uh, role player off of the bench. Like I think the, the expectations of, you know, maybe this guy could take on the Tyler role. I have no expectations of that. Like, I just, I just think they need him to be a useful two-way player when he's out there and play him with their best players. Like, I really don't want to see lineups where he's out there trying to do everything. And, um, you know, I was saying it last night when you guys were on the show, I was commenting in the, in the chat saying, like, really, like, if you're going to throw him out there with Tyler, throw him out there with Bam as well. Because, and, and by the way, the, the combination with him and Tyler has been the best one so far through four games, right? But I just think... There are lineups where you could probably use him better as a pick and roll guy than having Bam out there, than having Deadman out there. And that's more of a rotation thing. But I think he's been all right. Like, I, I think, and then you go look into some of the stats. He has a 21 assist percentage to nine turnover percentage. So that's really nice. I, I just think he, you look at, you know, what he does when he's out there and you can kind of see the vision for each of these aspects. It's just about putting that together consistently. So that's why I'm kind of keeping my expectations lower because it's more about being positive in that role and less about, you know, trying to go back to a high usage guy. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad you addressed some of the rotation stuff. Cause we're probably going to spend the second half of this episode on that. I want to stick to the health and performance part here. And when you and I were watching him with Brady in a preseason game before he went out, because during training camp, when I was in the Bahamas, they were really high on him and the whole off season, like his work, it was kind of under their auspices, you know, he was in the facility. So they were able to see it. Uh, whereas a lot of other guys train elsewhere. So maybe that's why they were so high on it because they got to see it up close, but they felt he was in really good shape. And then of course he hurts the other knee. And then you and I and Brady were watching him in a preseason game and he could not explode at all. Um, and you know, the difference was noticeable when Jamal Kane, obviously a much younger player, you know, hasn't been through the injuries, you know, Jamal Cade's kind of a freak athlete, even if he doesn't have the other parts of his games developed at this point, he Vic looked slow. Like Vic, Vic looked like he couldn't move. He couldn't get by anybody. Do, do you think he's, I know he's not getting to the rim right now, but again, the sample size is so small. The rotations have been so wonky. It's hard to tell, but just from a health perspective, does he look healthy to you? 
I guess before we get into rotations, that's kind of the thing we need to know. That's another one that's just hard to gauge because um, we haven't seen him over a long period of time. So I, I, I feel like I barely even know what healthy Victor Oladipo in 2022 looks like. So I'd say, yeah, more or less. But the, I will say, like, I think if he were – let's say he just continues at the rate he's been through four games, which, again, extremely small sample size for a guy who's been up and down with injury. Like, I expect it to take time. But if he just stays at this level so far, I think it's a little bit of a disappointment. And, and not that it's his fault or anything. Again, I'm just going to keep saying it. It's still too early. But I just think, like, they need him to be a positive two-way player for them. That's just kind of what it comes down to. I think, you know – whether he's scoring at the rim or not, whether he's getting points up on the board, you need him to be a steady playmaker who's getting a, you know, a nice diet of uh, shots on all levels of the floor, but mainly at the rim. And so, yeah, it's cool that he can create shots for himself and others. And that's actually big time, but I just think they need to put him in a role where, you know, he is able to play off of other people's created advantages so that he isn't having to create the advantages on his own. Not that he, you know, he can't do it uh, every now and then, but I would like to see him more often play with, for example, Kyle, Tyler, and Bam. Right. And I just think you can say that with everybody. So it's tough to say, I, I just feel like he is more suited to fit in than to have a unit built around him. But does he, does it look like, I guess what I would ask, and, and there's really a couple of things here about, expectations because again i'm glad you're framing it that way because i do think we need to all dial it back right but when we talk about who he should be playing with you know you mentioned he's looked good with tyler this year last year that didn't look good even though they have a good relationship off the court um with kyle at at times it's looked clunky with jimmy at times it's looked clunky i I will say this okay before we move on to the rotation stuff and then whether or not you know he may be of more use to them in a trade the organization in my view did miss on this one. Okay. Um, I think they did the right thing with the trade to get him. I think they did the right thing with, uh, you know, bringing him back last year on the minimum, but they were counting on him this year. And it looks like that they were wrong to count on him. And again, like you said, it's not his fault, but what are they paying him this year? It's 12, right? 11, 12, something along those lines. I mean, it's not nothing for a team that's pressed up against the tax, which has limited them from doing some other things. So, Yes, they had his bird rights. They could pay him over the cap, but it did affect some of the tax stuff. So I think as you and I kind of recalibrate here, like this is how we recalibrated with Duncan Robinson to a certain degree, right? At first it was, okay, is he going to be worth being an $18 million starter? Then it's like, okay, are you getting value for him out of, you know, for 16 to 18 million as a backup? And now it's like, we all agree they're not getting any value, right? Because he's he's not even playing at his 16 to 18 million. I feel like to a certain degree, the Vic thing is in danger of going that direction where we kind of keep changing. Okay. Well, if you can get this, if you can get this, and if you get a little less than we thought, and they get a little less than that, and you get a little less than that. And it's like, okay, what's left. Right. And if what, if what he's going to be is what we've essentially seen so far, and I'm not saying he can't be better than that. He needs time to work himself, obviously work the rust off, work the connection with his, with his teammates. But if he's going to be an 18 to 20 minute a game player, Uh, who's pretty low efficiency with his shooting, who doesn't get to the rim anywhere near like he used to. I mean, it was a little depressing because none of this was his fault. Watching those Pacers highlight videos that the Pacers were showing, you know, in the game, during the game, because you see what he was and how far away he still is, right? And so I, I think that we have to acknowledge, okay, that no matter what they get out of Vic right now, it's not gonna be 
what I think we hoped for and to a large degree what they hoped for. Is that, is that fair, Alex, like to, to say that? Yeah. I mean, I just think, especially whether you talk about how, you know, Victor Lodipo has been distuck, Jesus discussed throughout, you know, these uh, commutative three seasons here, or whether you talk about how he's been discussed, you know, over this past summer, how they spoke about him to you specifically, like, it seems like the expectations were put out there, not only by the fans who saw a guy who was a, you know, an all-star not that long before they acquired him. Right. It's, it's his third season on the roster now. So it's a little bit further out, but just in general, I think, you know, for fans to get excited about the potential of Vic is one thing, you know, he's, he was a really exciting player, athletic player uh, who hit big shots, uh, big time shot creator was an all-star and a, probably a top 25 player in that 2018 season when he went head to head with LeBron, you know, we talked about that before, but regardless of that, we saw what he was on the Rockets. And that was more where my excitement came from. Not because I expected him to be anything good. It was because I saw what he was in the Rockets and it was like, okay, he could still get to the rim consistently. And obviously that's for a team that didn't, you know, was not competing at all after they traded Harden at that point. I just think if he's not doing that, it becomes a little bit, bit tougher, but I'm not really that discouraged by what I've seen. Right. Like I think, yes, he can get to the rim more and, and you want to see that, but he looks pretty fluid in general when you watch him out there, like not enough shots have fallen yet early on, but I think he's moving in general pretty well. I'm not necessarily expecting crazy burst off the bounce. I just think you want to see him actually get there a little bit more often, but I think, you know, his floor game has been pretty nice the way he's moving around the floor. I think his defense has been really nice. You know, it's these things matter, right. And a guy who maybe he's not hitting that many shots, but can create shots, can keep the offense moving a little bit. If he's not bogging offense down and I don't think he has been, I think he's doing a nicer job kind of fitting into that role, which by the way, he's never played before he, he came to the heat and you're kind of seeing that transition into, you know, this high level role player that you want him to be. Let's next get into the rotation stuff. So I want you to think about that a little bit, because when we talk about who he should be playing with, like you said, we, we always talk about everybody should be playing with those guys. So it's like, how do you make that happen and still, uh, you know, create a path for Vic, but also not take away the minutes from others. Do you want to tell you about a couple of great sponsors of the five reasons sports network? We talk about our code all the time. It's five RSN. That's the number five RSN. Okay. Five. And then the letters RSN. 25% off at Therapist Preferred for all of your premium CBD, the tincture, the sports cream, the gummies uh, for sleep, for recovery. 25% off at therapistpreferred.com. 20% off for all of your grooming products, uh, the deodorant, the razors, and so much more at Manscaped. They also send you a whole bunch of free stuff you don't even ask for. Okay, so check it out. 20% off at Manscaped. And, and then 20 bucks free to play with our betting sponsor, which is Better Edge. That's B-E-T-T-O-R. EDGE.com. This is peer to peer betting. This is totally legal. This is not offshore stuff. You don't have to, you know, 65 different ways to try to find your money. No, this is legal. They're actually based in Minnesota. That's as American as you could possibly get. Betteredge.com. Use the code 5RSN. All three of those places, manscaped.com for 20% off. Therapist preferred for 25% off. And at Better Edge, we're going to be running a bowl tournament. Well, a bowl, it's kind of a bowl tournament. Uh, all the college football bowl games. We're running a tournament starting this Friday. So make sure you check that out um, over at Better Edge. And we'll give you all the details on the Five Reasons Sports Twitter account. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. 
A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Okay, so you say, and I agree with you, he would be better off playing with Hero and Bam. Everybody would be better off playing with Bam, Right. So how do you get to that from a staggering perspective, from a rotation perspective, where he's on the floor with them? Because I, I think we all agree, like, you're okay not playing him with Jimmy because that always looks a little messy anyway. And now Jimmy's not playing in the OKC game, which creates more minutes. We also haven't seen Gabe Vincent with him much because Gabe has been out. Um, so I, I feel like they could be paired together, and defensively that could be dynamic. The problem has been Gabe not making shots and not being healthy. But, but how, do you, how do you get them on the floor with Bam and Tyler if you think that's the best way to do it? I mean, the how is, is tough. I'm not necessarily up on exactly what rotation and what changes they would have to make. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know, oh, you know, instead of taking Bam out or Jimmy out at this point, do this. Because I just, to be honest, I don't pay that much attention to that. I just think, and maybe I should, I should probably pay a little bit more attention to the rotation patterns. I think I've just gotten used to the way that Spo has done it. But there are ways, and I've said this a million times, to have your two of your four best players on the floor at all times. That is my general thing, especially specifically for this roster that their main problem, I think, for this season is they are not good when one of Jimmy or Bam is not on the floor, right? And that's a little bit simplified. I'm not going to act like, you know, their, their players are bad. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm, when one of those two guys are not on the floor, they're not good. Like, they're not winning those minutes. That's a problem, and that was not the case last season. It's not all on, you know, P.J. Tucker. It's not He's not the, the difference between why they won those minutes. They just haven't been as consistent. Obviously, you know, they went from being the best three-point percentage team to I think they're 27th at the moment right so there's a lot of factors as to why they can't you know when when one of those two guys are off the floor but that is their biggest thing and I think when when everything points to their rotation as a whole not being that good but their main four or five players being great you got to try to get those guys on the floor a little bit more and I'm not talking about going to uh, Thibodeau or you know a more modern example Nick Nurse who's just running his guys out um, and playing like eight <laughs> every night and playing guys 40 minutes um I think they have to find a way to, you know, stagger. And I just think that's kind of got to be a priority at this point. They don't have the depth that we kind of thought they would have. They don't have some free-flowing, potent offense that can carry them without Jimmy or Bam on the floor. The shooters are not hitting at that level. So I just think you got to have your best players on the floor and, and kind of mix and match with those rotations. And that goes for Victor or not. So Victor cannot be here to solve their quote-unquote bench problems because it's more than just a bench. It's – Every lineup that is not Jimmy and Bam playing together, that's that's a big problem. And right, because and especially when some of the narrative has been thrown around, Jimmy and Bam together are, 
you know, they're not good. The problem is, I mean, I don't, know whoever, I don't know whoever said that. I don't know who you're accusing of that. No, no, I'm not really <laughs> talking about you. I just think there is kind of a narrative that, you know, that they, that they, they're kind of like this ugly one, too. I'm like, I, I, it's the opposite. Those two guys are really, really good. The problem is like Tyler and Kyle, I think individually are good players, but they're those lineups that are more focused around them. And, and it's going to be the same for Vic. Like they're just not that great. I, I think you just got to figure out those lineups a little bit and yeah, try to get them around Tyler, try to get them around Kyle, definitely try to get them around Bam. But it's more about, you know, that, that's a more, that's a bigger picture issue over Victor Oladipo. That is what I'm trying to say. Well, here's the, real big picture issue because we talk about fitting into rotations and his health, but the big picture issue is like, what is his value to this team the rest of this way? And a team that is again, struggling for size, uh, struggling for offensive efficiency and consistency, struggling for three point shooting. You could make a case. Could you not Alex, especially as you're starting to get, you know, you're, you're, I think Depot can be traded as of December 15th. Deadman is January 15th. You can make a case that if you can rehabilitate him to a certain degree, he might have more value to somebody else as an expiring contract and to take a look at him than he would to the heat. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. But I think like him being used potentially in a trade is probably more interesting in a real shakeup type of deal where multiple guys are being moved rather than some sort of like one for one. Cause I don't think you'll get, requisite value or a team wanting big, you know, that bad just because he hasn't been out there long enough. And that's the one thing that I think I haven't mentioned enough on this pod. It's a great thing about, uh, you know, this time with Victor Oladipo this time around is he actually has most of the season to try to work this out where we can get an actual sample on what he looks like so we can develop a baseline for what to expect from him, whether or not he's been positive against regular season teams, regular season competition, you know, rather than just addressing him and how he looked in the playoffs, which by the way, he was still a pretty positive player. Like they, they were better. They were good with him on the floor in the playoffs, despite his shooting numbers, not being that good. So it shows you like he he's at, he's doing stuff. He's adding stuff, even though he's never really played in this role for a long period of time. And there's some wonky fits spacing wise, especially when the team is not shooting on a high level. So I just think that the the vision is there for Vic. It has not been realized yet. And, and because of that, you're not going to get that requisite value in a trade. But like, would I be surprised if they did a big shakeup trade and he was one of a couple of guys, two or three guys who got moved at, at, to try to get, you know, more quote unquote win now players right now? I wouldn't be that surprised. I just don't think I'm not expecting Vic to get traded. And by the way, just to clear up the contract thing, I was looking mm-hmm. at it before. It's just under nine million. Okay. Uh, this year and the next year, it's a player option mm-hmm. uh, at a, just over nine million. Right, and the player option when you're looking at a team that uh, may or may not resign Struess and Vincent, which right now I don't think either of those guys has played themselves into must-sign uh, categories with the Heat, which we thought maybe they might at this stage. But also, you're still dealing with the Robinson contract. You're going to be in the last year of the Lowry contract. You've got the Butler extension, which is kicked in, the Bam extension, which is kicked in, and the Hero extension, which is going to kick in that's the player option that the heat may not want him to exercise, which is another, you know, again, when team that does not seem willing to pay the tax, which we've talked about uh, here. Some, I don't know that they're going to see him as a $9 million player, but again, to keep him and to kind of continue the development, that's what they did. So we'll see. I think, I think it's interesting because I think everybody is rooting for Vic. Like I feel like Vic has done the right thing since he's come down. He's said the right things he's worked 
Um, he hasn't complained. I know there, he, there was some frustration that was kind of below the surface about what his role might be during the preseason, but then he got hurt again anyway, which kind of killed that conversation. But I, 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 I just, it's one of those things where it was, to me, it was worth a gamble. It's still worth seeing it through to a certain point here, but I do think we have to recalibrate because maybe it's me that has to recalibrate more so than you, because again, I was hearing all off season from people inside the organization, how important Vic was. And that when they talked about, well, we're not running it back. One of the things that was said to me consistently by several parties was we have a healthy Victor Oladipo now. And not just the front office, the coaching staff too. That was being echoed to me in the Bahamas. And then right after that, he got hurt again. And I, I just, I wonder, it's not his fault, but I just wonder he's pushed his body so hard that other parts of his body are going to start to fall apart a little bit. And I think that's what we saw when it moved from one leg to the other leg, right? Alex, appreciate it. Thanks to our sponsors, Water Cleanup of Florida. I forgot to mention the, the slogan. Uh, he's going to get mad at me. Not Michael, but Greg. If you've got the schmutz, they got the guts. Thanks also to our sponsors, Therapist Preferred, Manscaped, uh, Better Edge, and, of course, uh, Prize Picks. Use that code 5, F-I-V-E. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.